0: This podcast arose out of conversation on Afternoon Drive, in which a mother phoned in to speak about her support for her transgender son. She spoke, too, about the difficulties transgender children experience at school and how our consciousness around this issue needs to grow in order for our society to become more accepting of people whose internal understanding of their own gender clashes with the rest of society's perception of it. That mom, Melinda Swift, joins us now, along with her son and his friends who are living a similar experience Uh, Lebu, Justin and Jess, welcome and thank you so much for coming in to talk to us along with Melinda today. Lovely to have you all. So Melinda, let me start with you. I sensed from our initial interaction on the phone that you're a mom who, who had come to terms or was coming to terms with having a transgender child and that you'd internalized it and actually got quite used to speaking about this publicly. Did it start off for you that way? No, of
1: course it didn't. But I think it's like anything to do with our kids. Anybody who um, has children or is is fond and loves children knows that if anything happens to hurt them, you are happy to step in there with both feet.
0: You you might be a little different from a lot of parents in that way because, uh, I mean, we've spoken to, to a lot of parents on this uh, podcast series, parents who, for example, found out their children were gay and whose entire families disowned them as a result. What has made you take the stance uh, that that you were going to, to join your child on this journey?
1: I don't think that there's a decision about that. I mean, if you love your child, that, that's the beginning and the end of it. And I mean, you know, you can choose to uh, separate yourself from their life, if that's mm-hmm. what you wish as a parent, but that life is going to continue with or without you. So there really isn't a choice. And I mean, especially for our kids, um, being born transgender is not something they've chosen, um, as with any other of the LGBTQ um, people. It's, it's who you are. And... And I think as parents, it's our responsibility to love our kids no matter what and to guide them. And as in this case, to also take them on as your own teacher.
0: Wow. So, Lebo, let me bring you into the conversation here. When did you realize at first that there was a difference between the way you felt about yourself and the way that others saw you?
2: Um, when I was like... Too? Too really? That yeah, young? When I was able to dress myself.
0: Right. And And as you were growing... How did that consciousness develop? I mean, because clearly people were addressing you in one way and you were feeling a different way.
2: Well, I used to dress as like Superman a lot. Yeah. So they didn't really bother me because I could dress how I wanted to dress.
0: And, and as you grew older... Were people trying to, and I, I know your your mom has been quite accepting of it, but but other people around you, people at school, maybe teachers and, and others who, who looked after you, did you have the sense that they were trying to force you into a particular way of being? Not at all. Really? No. Nope. So people have been quite accepting of yes. it? Yes. How about you? Was that your experience, Justin? Um,
3: well, from young, I always was different. I played with cars always. Um, and yeah, so... I just kind of kept to myself and people left me alone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and then growing up, um, they became, what's the word, uh, more accepting as I came out. And, right,
0: yeah. yeah. And and uh, Jess, I don't know what your experience was like, but I suppose there's a there's a moment, or in my mind, as an ignorant person who's never been through this kind of experience, that, that in my mind there's a moment when you come out and verbalize it and say, Okay, this is how I feel about myself. Or or does that moment just happen gradually over time?
4: Yeah, I don't think it's it's a mo- it's a moment that builds up, you know. It doesn't yeah. just like one day you wake up and be like, boom, I'm transgender, you know. Mm-hmm. Um it's definitely something I mean, for me personally, it was something on my mind 24/7. So, you know, it, yeah, it takes time. It it takes time to come to re- realizing that this is actually going to be your life and accepting it yourself. Yes. Um and then, you know, once you're comfortable with yourself, then it's a process of telling other people.
0: What is that battle like when it's happening inside you?
4: Uh, pretty indescribable, to be honest. Um, it's, a, it's a battle I don't think I would wish on anybody else mm. because it's a very hard battle. It really is. Um, and even coming out and, you know, coming to terms and transitioning, it never stops. Uh, yeah.
0: So, so you, so you're still in the process of doing it.
4: Yeah, I think, I think it's a lifetime process. I don't mm-hmm. feel like, you know, the day you start testosterone or the day you get your top surgery or whatever milestone you go through in your transition, it stops. I feel it's just it's a lifetime process.
0: Yeah, uh, Justin, in in terms of your experience, was it was it a a, a, a moment like a sort of a, a lightning bolt that said, okay, today I'm going to come out and I'm going to say this is who I am.
3: Uh, No, I wouldn't say that at all. Like, Mm -hmm. as I was growing up, I knew I was trans, but I never knew the word for it. Right. So I, I felt very lonely. I didn't know what this was and why I'm feeling this way. Yes. And over the years, I got to go on YouTube and see other people who came out and their families accepted them. And that gave me the guts to go and tell people this is who I am and this yes. is who I'm going to be, whether you accept me or not.
0: See, that's an amazing thing because, I mean, we, we always think of, of the negative effects of media. But actually, as kids, I mean, if you think about the things that you are able to say and you aren't, you wouldn't really otherwise have a vocabulary to yeah. be able to say what you're feeling, right? Yes. So, so it, watching other people in, yes, on social media helps you to do that.
3: It definitely helped me a lot. Mm. It's the reason I came out.
0: Wow. Wow. Lepo, did you have to go and tell your mum? This is really. where you were. No,
2: like my parents always knew when I was like eight something. Yes, my mom told me like the word for it, but like I just kept quiet. But then, like, I think it was like last year. Then, kind of told my parents. So yeah, yeah. they always knew though. They knew. Yeah, everyone always knew.
0: I think what all three of you have in common is that you've you've had families who've accepted this, and I, I can't imagine that it was easy given the society we live in. But but at least you have parents who, who've heard you out and and who are accepting of who you are. Um, d- does that make it easier?
4: Oh, definitely. I mean, knowing you have that kind of support system and yeah, having people that you know are always going to be there no matter what. I mean, it's a privilege having parents that support you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I take it for granted every day, knowing that I wake up and my parents love me. Yes. I know a lot of people have been kicked out of homes because they are different. Whether you transgender, you're gay, you know, along any spectrum. Yes. A lot of people get kicked out of homes and don't want to be known or it's kept a secret. You know, I, I personally am very privileged. I think a lot of the guys here are oh, very privileged to have a family that do love and support us and will do anything for us. In terms of our transition, and yeah.
0: yes, yeah, guys. In terms of, um, I mean, I mean, clearly they're friends you grew up with. They were people you were at school with since you were quite young. Did they have an inkling that that this was going to to be the transition that you went through, or or were people around you kind of shocked? Did they not realize, and and how did they deal with the news once you told them, Justin?
3: Um well I kind of from a young age always dressed as a guy. Yes. My mom let me dress how I want to, so yeah. when I came out I don't think it was complete shock to people. I think they kinda of just expected that.
0: Yeah. And and you from from a school point of view. I mean, I, I, you know, schools still work very much on binary opposites. Girls' school, boys' schools, co-ed schools with girls and boys in them. I mean, where where do you guys feel that you, you fit in on that spectrum? Did, did you ever feel out of place? Yeah, I did in, like, primary school and that yeah. stuff. But I just started high school this
2: year. So I got to, like, have a fresh start and, like, new friends, new teachers and that yes. stuff. Like, with people who, like, didn't know. So... Yeah,
0: So, Melinda, let me bring you back into the conversation here. When, when your transgender child is going to a new school, how do you introduce the situation? Do you have to prep the teachers and the principal at the school? Do you, uh, how, how do you go about uh, introducing them to your child who's different from most of the school body?
1: Yeah, so we were really lucky. Our primary school was a very loving um, space. And I have never had to have a discussion with them about gender. Mm -hmm. Um, Their approach was always, we love all children and we will do whatever it takes to include them. So that was really lucky. Um, But in high school, as um, Lebel said, that it was a new start. And I will admit that I was caught a bit on the back foot um, with not preparing the school adequately. But once I had a sit down with all the the leadership of, of the high school, um, they've been nothing but um, supportive. Yeah. Um, they intellectually are there, 100%. Yes. Um, however, there are so many barriers to transgender children going to school. And, you know, I'm not talking about like um, high, high-end private schools where there's a lot of space for diversity, um, on that front. But I'm talking about your run-of-the-mill government schools, for example. You know, issues like toilets, um, issues that are really difficult to talk about if yeah. you're a transgendered boy, issues like if you haven't um, started transitioning yet or you're still at the beginning phases. I mean, menstruating at school when you're a boy, this mm-hmm. is not an easy thing to deal with. Yes. Things like school camps, being included in school sport. Um, The fact that registers, class registers, are divided between girls and boys. Mm -hmm. So even though you are there presenting as a boy, suddenly you get called out on the same list as the girls. Now, these are things that are really very serious and um, open up the space for incredible bullying. And, you know, uh, my safety concerns and the safety concerns of all parents of transgender children and transgender people themselves are very real. We've seen some horrendous violence against the transgender community in our country and around the world. So I took it up with the Department of Education. Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy to say that the National Department have taken this on very seriously Um, Since I raised it with them in January, we've already had two national working group meetings to change the policies and practices in schools. And, you know, there are a lot of parents who have the option financially and socially um, to remove their children from formal schooling. And that's why um, so many schools say, but Jeepers, we hardly ever have any transgender children. What are you talking about? This isn't an issue. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not an issue because either those kids are firmly in the closet because it's the only safe way to be. Yeah. Or they've dropped out of school and um, are now being denied an education. Um, or they get put into, into, into private schools or into homeschooling. Mm. And I just think that constitutionally that's not acceptable in this country. So, yes. And I'm glad to say that there are a lot of um, activists from the transgender community as well as education, the education sector, who agree and I'm really looking forward to some very positive changes because this is not just about our kids. It's not just about transgender kids. This is about all children Yes, because every single child benefits – from diversity, from learning about empathy um, and, and about learning about, you know, hang on a second, the world is not black and white, mm-hmm. girl and boy, you know, um, there are a lot of grey areas. And in fact, you know, other kids may have other kinds of grey areas. They may be disabled. They may be ill. Um, they may, you know, who knows? And I think that this is important for the country as a whole, for all our kids, not
0: just transgender children. Melinda's making such a good point point here, guys. I just want to know, uh, kids at school, I mean, have, have you been the victim of bullying, of teasing? Jess, have you experienced that?
4: Um, I've been very privileged. I was taken out of school uh, three years ago, and I'm now privately tutored. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but in my previous high school, uh, the school was actually pretty accepting. I mean, we did speak to them, and uniforms were never an issue mm-hmm. um, before I even spoke to them. Uh, by my transition, uh, bathrooms were never an issue. Okay. Um, I was uh, offered to actually use the staff toilet. Um, I was excused from all like swimming, for instance, some yes. sports. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I haven't. I've been very fortunate enough not to experience the hatred from school. I mean, there were a couple of people that just it didn't sit well. Yes. But you know, you just shrug those people off and move on with life. It but must
0: take a lot of strength to do that, though.
4: Yeah, I mean it does, but at the end of the day, if you if they're not going to make any impact on your life or bring any or bring uh, negativity into your life, I mean, why are you keeping them around? You know,
0: mm. is, is that is that what you guys found? Uh, Justin, was it the same for you? Where where you were fairly well accepted and accommodated by the school?
3: Um, as my entire duration at school, I was in the closet. Uh, nobody knew, so I was forced to wear girl uniforms, and I just flew under the radar the whole time. <laughs> Really? Yes.
0: So, do you do you regret not having having had the, the freedom to be yourself? Absolutely.
3: At <laughs> if and I could turn back the time, I would definitely change things.
0: And and what is your schooling situation like now?
3: I uh, homeschool. I went Home to school. homeschool after I came out.
0: Is, is that the same with you, Lebu? Oh
2: no, my parents won't let me like do homeschool. But <laughs> in primary school, there was only like this one boy, like you was so irritating. But then I dislocated his thumb,
0: and then he left me alone. So it was <laughs> <Okay>. fine. <laughs> but but you know what pains me a little bit to to hear that that the two of you were kind of almost forced into a situation where you you had to be at a home school. Do, do you not feel just a little bit bitter about that, Jess?
4: Uh, no, no, not at all. I, I I mean I've been privileged. I've I've ended up in a fantastic home school
3: environment. Yeah. Um if anything, was the
4: best decision I've ever made.
0: Justin, was it the same for you?
3: Well, for me, I've always wanted to go to a normal school as a normal guy and just be me. Yeah. Like, if I could, I would. But, yeah, I have to go to homeschool. But, yeah, if I could, I would definitely go to school as a guy. And just live my life.
0: <laughs> and you deserve the opportunity to be able to. We're living in a, in a constitutional democracy where equality is so important. Guys, I have a very personal question to ask you. And if you are, are uncomfortable with, with answering it, then please please feel free to tell me. But uh, some people obviously do want to go through the process of physically changing their bodies in order to align their bodies with their, their minds and their souls. Are you going to go through that process? Are you in the midst of that process? Lebo, are you comfortable talking about
2: that? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have surgery in like December, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But my mom's busy fighting with medical aid. So,
0: (laughs) okay, All right. Which is another issue in itself. But how do you feel about the prospect of of going under the knife?
2: No, I feel good. You do? Yeah.
0: You're confident? Yeah. You're not scared? Not really. Wow. You guys are brave. (laughs) Justin, are you going through any kind of of medical transition?
3: Uh, Yeah, I'm in the process of my medical transition. But for me, surgery has always been my biggest fear. But what I tell myself every time is that it's not a choice. This is who I am and this is what I must do.
0: Okay. And and Jess, how are you coming to terms with that? Are you going to do the same?
4: Uh, Well, I feel that every transition is different, you know. It doesn't mean... You know, if you're a transgender male that you gotta get all your surgery done. because um, I don't believe that's that's true. I mean, I've had surgery but I mean top surgery, yes. but I'm not I will not consider getting any other surgery. Yes. And my transition is complete. Um yeah. So like I said, it's it's different for everyone.
0: Yeah. And, and it's amazing to see because it's, it's a spectrum, isn't it, that um, all of you are on. And, and even though you are living much the same life experience um, and you do have things in common, there are also things that, that mean you're not homogenous. You're not exactly the same. Your, yeah. your attitudes to, to the experience are, are, are quite different in some ways. Melinda, can I ask you about this issue of medical aid? I mean, this seems to me to be a really pivotal thing in the, in the life of a transgender person, the physicality. Of this um, how, how do you go about convincing a medical aid that your your child needs to do this for his sanity for his sense of self well it's more than that it's about survival mm-hmm.
1: um, and and I think that that has already been said that a lot of these choices um, particularly to take hormones, this is not a choice actually this is about survival. this mm-hmm. is about living who you are. And, you know, I've had many discussions with different transgender people. Um, I probably drove them a little bit crazy with endless questions. But um, as you pointed out, there is not a one size fits all. I mean, we're talking about individual human people here and who each have an individual right to equality, to freedom and to those choices. And um, that's the position I'm taking with um, medical aid right now. Um, I think that part of it is a principal issue because I think most like other parents who can possibly make a plan to pay for particularly top surgery and for hormones, yes. we would move mountains. We would do it. The, yeah. th- we're not waiting for medical aids because we know that, you know, I mean, transgender children have up to a 50% suicide rate. Wow. So this is survival. This is not a choice. But in principle, um, I feel that medical aids need to very seriously revise their policies. Mm-hmm. Um, Discovery Medical Aid are a front runner. They have a pilot program. It's extraordinary. It completely counts out anybody under 18. And you have to have your surgery in Cape Town. Now, I think one must be fair. They're at least showing willingness and they're showing an open-mindedness to make this happen. So at this point, my approach has been let's sit down and chat. And they've been extraordinary. I've had a really great discussion with them last week. And at the moment, basically what we're doing is looking for literature. So our network is out all around the world. We're pulling in literature as to why it's so fundamentally important that young people, that adolescents, have access to that surgery and to those hormones, if they so choose. Um, on an individual one-to-one basis because, you know, you might end up having somebody who decides, I don't ever want surgery in my whole life. Why should I... Um, fall in with society's idea of what a body should look like and then others who have such strong dysphoria such discomfort in those bodies that really it is a matter of life and death Mm -hmm. so that's the position that 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 um, i'm taking and i'm very pleased to say that there are many transgender people and allies who've taken this up long before me um, and many who i'm sure will take it up after me but um Right now, I'm I'm really not prepared to let any of this go. So it's
0: it's going to be uh, an interesting couple of months ahead. Okay, and and we we must bear in mind as well, this is not a an inexpensive surgery to do. It's it's very expensive. So, guys, I'm going to end with you, and I'm going to to just ask you to to each give me some closing comments on this. And maybe I'll I'll start with you this time, Jess. Uh, there, there are probably people listening to this. Maybe they're the parents of, of transgender children. Uh, maybe they're transgender children themselves, um, and, and they feel like they've been born in the wrong body, and they don't know what to do about it. What would your advice be to them, Jess?
4: Um, well, first of all, time—you got to allow yourself time. Time is pretty much—it's a crucial part of your transition because you can't expect everything. To happen overnight Because It's definitely not going to happen And time heals all You know Whether it be Your parents aren't accepting of you Or You are not accepting of yourself If you give yourself time And What not uh, You uh, You eventually heal Or mm. Yeah And uh, also Just to the parents out there I mean We didn't choose to be like this And the fact that you chose to have us And you Decide to walk away from us If we've made Or we've come out to you I feel uh, that's pretty disappointing. While you've you've had the, you made the decision to have us, so we didn't make this decision to do this to ourselves. Because I don't think any of us would have chosen to do this to ourselves.
0: Yeah, tough choice there to to, to live with it and not be able to come out about it. I mean, Justin, it, would you would you echo Jess's words in this regard?
3: Yeah, definitely. Like, I what I always tell people that I meet that are going through the same things, just be who you are because you only have one life to live. And why not just live that happy? Like, it doesn't matter what other people think of you. Just be who you are and the others will follow.
0: Lebu, give you the last word. Yeah, both of them are right.
2: Like, you need to live your life and you need to be happy with who you are. And you shouldn't care what people think, even though some people are just, like, really irritating. But... <laughs> Yeah, you need to live your life and just be happy and do what you need to do.
0: Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in to speak to us this evening. Lebu, Justin, Jess, so lovely hearing from you. And uh, thank you so much for sharing these very intimate uh, details with us and, and your thoughts with us. Melinda, Supermom, thank you very much for your time. Lovely having you with us on Journeys. Thank you.